Welcome to The Complete Angler, your source of information on the outdoor industry in central Canada. With over 35 years in the field, host Don Lamont covers topics and issues with industry leaders and influencers to bring you up to speed on what's happening in the outdoor world. And now, here's your host, Don Lamont. He is the self-proclaimed mayor of Nelsonville, a ghost town just north of Morden, Manitoba. A hardcore hunter and angler, he has worked as a waterfowl outfitter for years. The name of his business is, of course, Nelsonville Outfitters. Dino Branfield, like many in this line of work, relied on American waterfowl hunters in the fall to support his business. Living on the family homestead with the pandemic, he just adjusted his time to do the things he cares about the most, mentoring young anglers and hunters. All right, well, we're ready to go, Dino. Welcome to the Complete Angler Podcast. Great to have you on. Well, thanks for having me, Don. Uh, I appreciate it. We uh, we go back a fairly long way. Um, I remember doing the a crappie fishing show with you on Lake Minnewasta. That was quite a while ago. I, I was it the early nineties. Oh yeah, for sure. It was. Uh, yeah, it is a long time ago. You know how the memory is. I had hair back then, I think. <laughs> yeah, well, my hair used to be a different color than it is now. So anyway, uh, <laughs> before the main reason I'm having you on the, the show, Dino, is um, talk about turkey hunting because, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, you have your own outfitting service, do you not? Nelsonville Outfitters? Nelsonville Outfitters. Talk a little yeah, bit about that. It's, uh, primarily waterfowl. It's primarily a uh, waterfowl outfitting in Southern Manitoba. I've been doing it for just over 20 years now. So it's mostly, uh, well, it's pretty much all Americans that come up here in the fall uh, to do that. I had a few deer tags. And then I've done a bit of uh, resident turkey hunting spring. Um, there's only resident tags for Manitoba. So I've done some of that over the years too to introduce people into it, which is good. So obviously with the border closed, uh, your outfitting for wildfowl with the U.S. clientele has gone by the wayside. Yeah, that's all uh, That's all long done. And it looks like it's going to be for this year too. That's, you know, huge implications for the outfitting industry as most, uh, you know, everybody's aware of that. U.S. tourism and everything. But so you just shift gears. So what I did last fall, when it was allowed, you know, we started uh, taking more youth out because we still go out, introduce them to the sport, you know, of waterfowling um, and deer hunting. That part of that part of it's been really good. You know, when when something closes, there's always another opportunity to do things, and with the youth, it's uh, it's really taken off. You know, the Manitoba Water or Manitoba Wildlife Federation has a mentored uh, youth program to do that. So they have over like 160 volunteers across the province that take out. Uh, take out kids they've started taking out families and stuff the introduction to it so it's really good now you've been involved with that right from the start uh yeah i haven't done a whole lot of the mentored ones through the wildlife federation we did through our game and fish and just people contacted me um being an outfitter you know uh to take their kids out you know or even or even the family to introduce them so when they come out with me it's like it's the whole it's a whole array of things that you do. You know, it's just not come out for an evening of hunting, harvest an animal and go home. You know, you get them out there young. Um, 
you know, we do all the scouting, set up blinds, you know, just be, out, be outdoors and do stuff. And it goes with the hunting of the animal. Then after that, you know, the field care, the butchering, the it's fabulous table fare. Like I have, I have some kids that come out there. They're the only ones in their family that hunt. Um, they didn't grow up in a hunting household, but through hanging out with my daughter, you know, with Elle, she started hunting and fishing at a young age. So her friends would be out at the farm they'd have uh you know they'd have an introduction to it and years later you know maybe 12 14 even 20 they'd call me up and say hey they went and got their hunter safety on their own which is which is unbelievable you know they come out there and they want to do it so they come and uh come to the farm spend the time and and get it done it, it's really cool to see that they take the initiative because most things now in life you know everything wants everybody wants everything instant Right, where hunting doesn't really work that way, you know, you can involve it, it takes some time, you know, the whole process of doing it, getting your hunter safety, uh, your firearms training, being proficient with your weapon of choice, you know, all from the scouting, learning to read sign, doing all that stuff. It, it's really cool, it's really cool. Well, have you seen a change in that regard with young people, especially since the restrictions with the pandemic? Uh, yeah, for sure. That that's uh, that's changed, you know, because people are looking for different things. Things uh, shut down with organized sports indoors, so it's an outdoor thing, you know. Like their parents will come out, and it's all like you know whether they're in the blind or a tree stand and stuff. But you know, outdoors doing stuff like that, they're looking to do something different. And once people start, you know, they realize what they're missing out on. And and when kids when kids come out hunting. Um, you know, they're going to miss a ball practice or, you know, a game to do stuff, right? Because you're going to spend the whole day doing it instead of rushing back. That, that's kind of how my program works anyways, right? You, you, you spend the time doing the whole thing to go out and do it. So that, that's one of the main things. And there's some online movements now where it's getting back into, you know, it's kind of a cool thing to know where your, where your food comes from. You know, where people want to go out, harvest their own animal, care for it, cook it, do all that other stuff. So that that part of it is 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 starting to gain momentum, you know, and, and kids follow that too, right? It's not just uh, old people, you know, the old hunting crowd. You, you got to gotta get the youth involved. You see it again and again, but it has to be done. And with the grassroots roots movement, so they respect, you know, nature, wildlife, everything else. And, and it's not like they don't want to do it. There's lots of kids. They just don't have the proper avenues or know how to get involved. But the Wildlife Federation, Manitoba Wildlife Federation, does a really good job of promoting that. Uh, we have local game and fish clubs around here, Morton, Miami, Manitou, Pilot Mound, where in the last four to five years, even before this started, um, the number of kids joining up is, is really good. It's really grown a lot. So that's all positive signs because because it has to carry on that's the only way it happens right whether it's fishing or hunting so if uh i want to get my son or my daughter involved those are the avenues that i should look at the manitoba wildlife federation and the local game and fish organizations yep definitely you can go you can go online the website they have uh they have seminars going throughout the year it depends, you know, if it's turkey hunting, which is in the spring, they'll do that. They have stuff in the summer. There's different events you can go to. They have lots of uh, 
lots of very knowledgeable people to do it, who are experienced and donate a lot of their time to, to get things going. So yeah, it's, it's a great thing to do. And you know, whether you know, whether you've hunted a little bit, fished a little bit, or you know nothing about it, right? It, it, they'll start right from scratch and uh, teach you everything you need to know. That's one of the good things about it. Okay, well, let's you talk about it. Yeah, you know, that's fantastic uh, work. Um, I wanted to ask you a question. I've only been turkey hunting once, and it was a, a totally enjoyable experience in the field, even though that I didn't, I didn't get a turkey. It was just a fantastic day in the bush and, and really enjoying the outdoors. Uh, explain a little bit about how, to go, how do you go about hunting a wild turkey? Where do you find them? And, and just go from there. Well, turkeys now uh, are established from Saskatchewan border all the way to the Ontario border, basically in the southern portion of the province, in the game zone. So there is some wildlife management land throughout the Pemina Valley through, you know, the Eastern Bloc, Sandylands and stuff where there are turkeys. Um, but a lot of, most of them are on private land. So which has made that difficult for new people in the last year with this going on, you know, trying to approach somebody on their farm, knocking on doors like you used to do. It's kind of, you know, it makes it tricky now. But there are landowners out there and uh, that will grant you permission. You know, you just, you just got to go there and show up you know, and offer. The number one way to do it is don't go there like opening day or the day before the season is to go scouting like a week, two weeks before, look around, try to find something and talk to a farmer or a landowner and ask if you can help out. Whether it's just pick up some wood, help with some fencing, just a couple hours. Because overall, these farmers, they look after the turkeys and most of the turkeys in Manitoba need to winter around cattle farms, you know, to get the food, the food source in the winter. Right. Because you have the harsh winters you have harsh winters and they can't forage for themselves because they're introduced, right? Because it's this far north and they're in their range, right? It's about as far north as they go in North America up here. So they need that. So the farmers do a lot to have the turkeys around. So, you know, just approach a farmer and ask if you can help out just to do whatever. Most of them are more than willing to let you hunt on there. But, you know, there's ways of going about things. But, and, and it can be... Anything else, it could be as elaborate as you want, how much money you want to spend on turkey hunting, or it can be as simple as, you know, you have, you have a shotgun, uh, you can buy a $40 foam decoy, you need one hand, and you don't need a blind, you can just walk in the bush and build yourself, uh, build a blind, and get yourself a turkey call, a mouth call, you know, they're expensive turkeys, but the main thing uh, when you go to turkey hunting is to go scouting, you know, go scout two, three, four times, watch the birds, find out their movements and stuff before you actually head out and try to hunt one. That's one of the things, and most people that go out, they they, they know somebody's gone turkey hunting, right? Then they ask to go along, because everybody has their, you know, preconceived notions of turkeys. They see them in a, somebody's farmyard in the wintertime that they're, you know, it's not much to it. But when you get out there in the big valleys, wherever you go um, to pursue them, it's, uh, they quit the bird. To do it there's nothing easy about it they have super keen eyesight and their hearing is unbelievable and that's like for newbie turkey hunters that's one of the most overlooked parts of things is the senses of a turkey you know when when you're blind or 
the birds are coming and it's like, there's no movement, even though you're in a blind or no talking, the no talking thing is the number one thing, you know, like try to be quiet for five minutes. Most people can't do that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it's a fact, right? The birds coming in, it's like, you can't talk. You can't say anything. The birds coming all of a sudden, there it is. I know it's close and the bird will get, you know, 50 yards away and all of a sudden, you know, just start walking away. The gig's up or, you know, things change because their sense, right? They're a wild animal. They're not lining up to uh, be dead. So, you know, they're using all their senses they can to do that. So it, it's a learning curve. Pretty much everybody that goes out turkey hunting for the first time always, the same, always have the same comments, right? It's like, wow. You know, I just barely moved or I, I just barely said anything and the birds are gone, right? That's that's kind of how it goes. And, I, and you got to experience it yourself to uh, understand what goes on, right? How acute their hearing is. So it's one of those deals. But but finding land is, it's it's getting harder. There's no question about that. Even though they expanded the zones, they've been transplanting problem turkeys, you know, around the city, portage and stuff. Um, moving to different places. So that part is good. But, uh, you know, getting permission and everything else, because there's much more people to the sport, right? Which is good, which is good. But you definitely have to do your homework to find a spot. You just can't head down to, you know, the Pemina Valley or East Manitoba or West Man and just, you know, expect to go find a turkey, right? There's a lot more to it than that. So obviously, Dino, it pays to go, uh, especially if you're a newbie, to go with somebody that's experienced. Oh, for sure. And and one of the best things to do is just, uh, you know, go to the map store in Winnipeg, repo maps, get a map of where you're thinking of hunting, find out some wildlife management areas. If you don't know any farmers, start from there. If you're uncomfortable right now, how things work, just go find, there's lots of cow land where there's turkeys. And you go out during the day, but the easiest way to find turkeys is, is go out because, you know, they start sounding off when they're on the roost, gobbling, you know, half an hour before the sun comes up. So that's the easiest way to locate a flock of turkeys, right, is to do that. Nobody really likes getting up at four in the morning, five in the morning, but that's one of the best ways to do it. And and you can hunt them any given time. Morning's obviously the best, but when I take kids out, I've taken kids out for the last week, I guess, week and a half, they have a youth season. A week before the regular season so i went out with a couple of kids um local kids so the parents would bring them out you know i'd set up the blind and stuff but we'd go midday or go in the evening um you know because kids don't want to get up at four in the morning five in the morning and then uh get into it more and it's like hey we should go one morning and they're like sure let's go you know it adds to it and you spend the whole day i had a friend uh brought his son up for opening day um they lowered the age limit to 10 in manitoba to hunt turkeys and upland but you have to be with you know your parents to do it so he's got the hunter safety shooting a shotgun at my place and then they left winnipeg at three in the morning and came out and we hunted you know first light we had a blind set up for him and everything all the turkeys gobbling all the action and then uh, it didn't work out right at the start but you know, there's turkeys, there's deer, there's coyotes, there's all kinds of cool stuff happening. And then uh, we hunted all day, but we took breaks in between and, you know, walked the river and, you know, look for sheds and make a whole day of it, right? And he ended up uh, taking his first turkey at 7.30 that night, and he was up since 3 in the morning. It's all, it's all on video. It's such a cool thing. And it's just, like, pumped, right? Talk about the whole thing. So we go back to my shop, we clean the bird. He helped with the whole thing. Uh, 
Sapphire gives them a couple of awesome recipes, you know, the turkey stew, all that stuff. And then uh, and it cooked it all up uh, the next two days. It was awesome. So, and that kid, it was his first real experience hunting. And, you know, it worked out really well. And I have some other kids going out too, where the kid came out, harvested his first deer last year. And then he shot it. He wanted to come out turkey hunting. So he shot a turkey uh, last week. And then I took one of his friends out for three days um, because he was at school and talking about turkey hunting. And the kid calls me up and he's like, hey, my buddy is with you. And uh, I'm, I'm interested in doing this. Would you, can I go out or what do I need? And like, so we had out, he had some lamb with some turkeys on it. Uh, his dad takes him out there, you know, get blind set up and I'll do some calling outside the blind, they'll sit in the blind. We went out three times, you know, we had some encounters, one day nothing happened, but you know, you're still seeing deer, you're still out there doing it. There's no phones, there's no nothing, right? And when you hang out, you know, the parents, even when they have the kids, you know, you spend three, four hours in a blind, you know, hanging out, it, it, it's cool. And the kids, it just snowballs from there to do it. And then it goes over to the fishing aspect too of the whole thing. Because when they participate in the outdoors, whether it's their land or somebody else's, uh, it gains a whole new respect for what goes on. So when they go out with their friends later on in life, whether they're fishing, whatever, you know, it's respect for the land, you know, picking up garbage, doing all that sort of thing, because they know what goes into it to make things happen, right? Yeah, that sounds like a great program. So, how, how, do people, uh, how do people get a hold of you, Dino? Mayor Dino, you know, people on Instagram, you know, they'll, they'll send me messages, uh, email, you know, I have a, I have a website that probably hasn't been updated since like 2001 because you know, <laughs> I do everything, uh, you know, it's kind of Instagram and everything like that because I have the same clients, right? American stuff. I'm not a big operator by any means. It's just me and my daughter or buddy's kid with their license and help me out. But yeah, that's one of the easiest ways to do it. Uh, just to uh, Instagram. So what's your what's and, your Instagram but I address? My original cell number, Mayor Dino nineteen. So that's one of the easiest ways. And and I get people call me who I've never met or message me and just ask uh, what's going on. Like I'm not taking any people out, like clients or anything, uh, in the last since this all started in the last two years. But I'll, I'll give them some advice and help them out. Right? You can't obviously have everybody come to the Pembina Valley where I live. Are in the escarpment, but there's lots of places wherever they live in the province. I'll help them out, uh, give them some tips and whatever they need to know, right? Because when when you've been around as long as we have, Don, you know, <laughs> you gotta you gotta you gotta pass that on, right? Yeah, for I sure. I don't see any point of, of going through all this. Like, I started turkey hunting in 1986 when I came off draw, so I'm kind of like 35 years into the program. And I've had, you know, all kinds of blunders and bloopers and all kinds of stuff, right? But you try to help people through that just to avoid things. So, and I'm all for that because I was taught by an old guy too, right? When it came to the hunting thing, the fishing, we started fishing first, like with the Master Angler program. And he, he was my friend's dad that took me out. He had the old, he was a German, he had the old uh, Master Angler hat, with all the pins on there. I'm like, how do you get one of those? So he, he would take me out fishing, started with the crappie at Minnewasta and went from there. So it was, it's been a lifelong thing. And you get kids into it too, you know, with, uh, you know, with the Master Angler program. Jay used to be a part of it. 
doing that. So he did some videos. And I actually uh, listened, uh, just listened to your podcast the other day with Jay when you were talking about turkey hunting, right? Yep. And uh, he actually called me. I, I've known Jay for a long time, but he called me and said, like, he's always been a fisherman. He said he, he was with Hunt Travel, Man or Travel Manitoba, the Hunt and Fish Program, and he wanted to go turkey hunting. So buddy Colin and I, uh, sure. So we set him up and he, he did an awesome video, but that was the first time he went hunting. And then when he, uh, when Elmer said his first bird there, like, you know, it's the, it's the shakes. It's like everything else. And Jay's caught like a ton of big fish. And he said, there's like nothing like that experience. The first time you do it. Right. So now he's turkey hunting in Ontario. He, he was deer hunting. Him and his wife, you know, now they're into bow hunting and stuff, and it just sparked from a turkey hunt. But it's just the time to go out and do it. And I'm not the only one that does it, right? I have friends that, that take out kids and all kinds of stuff, right? And and they're willing to donate their time to do it. Because if kids want to go hunting, you know, they'll call me. And if, if I got somebody else or if I'm busy taking other people, they'll gladly take them out, you know, one or two a year or however it works to get them in the, in the program. Yeah, we should, we should just mention that's Jay Siemens, and we had him earlier on the podcast as well, and he does a, some great videos on the YouTube, and he has his own channel. And I, you can find the turkey hunt on there, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. He's a pretty excited guy when that happens. And, like, that was only a couple of years ago. Right. I think that was three, three years ago we did it, so now he's, he's right into it. Yeah, I really and enjoyed it. It was really good. Yeah. And when uh, other things we're talking about, you know, we talk about the turkey hunt. And the other thing that's going on in the south here is uh, through the Pilot Mound Game and Fish, Mound Wildlife, they started a rearing pond uh, in the Pemina Valley where they take the fry and throw it in there. And then they net it out in the fall and take the fingerlings and put it into uh, local lakes. So... It, that's another grassroots project that's really taken off in this area. And one of your favorite bodies of water is Mary Jane Reservoir. I understand you guys got a grant for some aeration. Uh, yeah, we did. It was, uh, I think it was three years ago in the in the winter time. Um, I was away, but when I came back, the aeration was it was out. It was an old system, so it went down. We had. Uh, fisheries come out there Bruno and do the testing and he said it was already too low like it was gonna die out right we're gonna have to start again so with uh, the local guys giving fish to farmers that wasn't acceptable so we made our own up in uh, about I don't know 48 hours did some welding we got money from Morton from Pemina uh, spent a couple grand and, and rigged up our own aeration system and opened up the ice you know basically in a couple days and there was you know virtually zero winter kill, which was really cool, but we were able to do that because we had money through the game and fish, right? So we got that done, and then we had to redo the entire system on the lake to the tune of, uh, it was a bunch of money, like 32 grand. So we got we got some money from the RM, different game and fish clubs. Uh, people donated their time, concrete, everything else. So it's up and running. So, and that's and that's really good, and that's done... That's done not through the government. It's done locally, right? So I always stress to people, um, if you're hunting and fishing, and even if you're just fishing, like whether it's Minnewasta, Mary Jane, just, just join the game and fish. 
because you're $50 for your membership. You know, it gets you the magazine. You can go to banquets. You get insurance and stuff. But that money, you show, it shows them that it goes directly to these projects where they fish, right? So it goes directly to the aeration system. It's not funded by the government. It's funded locally, and that's how it's funded. And the people around here, like it's, a, it's the fastest growing area, like in, in Manitoba, for sure, the Morden Winter Corridor. And there's a limited number of lakes around here. So they get a lot more pressure on them. Uh, you know, so you gotta you gotta keep right up with things. That's why with uh, with the rearing pond, when they throw them in there, um, it uh, there's so many crappies like in Minnewasa now. They're all stunted because we lost the walleye population there over the years. Um, when they dump in 200,000 fry, Al and I went and dumped some in there last year. Fisheries with fisheries, you know, I don't even know how many would make adult size like 12 inches but it's a it's a really low number because there's really not much of a population in there but they dumped those same fish they put 25,000 in this rearing pond and took them out in the fall and they were like four to five inches the first couple of years and stocked the local lakes and then last year put 50,000 in and left them for a little bit longer when we took them out the the growth rates like there were some nine inches long and they start off as like two eyeballs and a fin. They don't even look like a fish. When you put them in there the beginning of May and you take them out there in October, it's, it's phenomenal. So with that, uh, you know, fisheries comes down, Lloyd Rowe, he's the technician. He has to come all the way from Dauphin, if you can believe that, because there's nobody down here. Has to come all the way down. He oversees it uh, for like four or five days. We trap him out of there. We have a tank with a drain like the pipe that comes out, but there's always, there's about a foot and a half of water left. So we have to put waders on and, and use nets that, that were bought through the game and fish through pile of mound. Um, and we take kids up there and do it. So the volunteer help like around here, I, I go up there with, you know, 15, 16 year old kids and wait around and they're pulling nets and taking the walleye out of there. Then we stock Minnewasta with some, Mary Jane with a few, Gowdney, some go to Rock. Uh, the majority were going to Stephenfield. Uh, Derek Pranker is the main fisheries guy of the province. I'm sure you know Derek, right? Yeah, you bet. He's the main guy there. So he oversees where he wants things to put. He, think that's, he thinks Stephenfield's going to be a, a good place for walleye. So we've been putting the majority in there, like, you know, 700, 800, 1100. But they already got a jump start, so they won't, the perch won't feast on them there's some pike in there but there's already people uh you know through ice fishing and there's so many people fishing now the way it's going because you can only be out on the lakes right so that uh are starting to uh, send me pictures of the walleye they've caught in there you know and same in mary jane and stuff it, it's not enough in mary jane it's just a few hundred in there so it's not going to disrupt mary jane with the crappie and the largemouth population there um, but these other lakes, it, it's a really, it's a really good thing to do that. And you have these kids, like I say, they come out there and they help and it's some grunt work because other than that, they go fishing, you know, and now they have respect for what it takes to do all that. And they're, they're more than happy to come. They just want to come and hang out and do it. So, you know, cause the 51 year old, uh, old fat guys, that's not my thing. Around, <laughs> right <laughs> and yeah. for two days and the kids come out there with me and they're like this is hard work it's like i want to sit on the picnic table that's what i want to do eat chips and watch you guys well i, I so. want to speaking of funny stories i want to talk a little bit about I've, I've written about you in my column in the free press from time to time and uh one of my titles was the mayor of nelsonville 
and that's what <laughs> that's kind of your uh your your how would you say that is kind of your um what you call yourself but you're not really a mayor well sure i am <laughs> nobody can contest that can they no i guess not but uh, any, anyway the ed ed editor of the free press said uh, former mayor of nelsonville <laughs> i got a lot of uh texts that night when that when that came out there about what's going on <laughs> getting off and stuff because nelsonville is technically the largest ghost town in manitoba and it's right by my farm so that's my uh claim to fame my self-appointed uh mayorship there well that's hilarious that, well that and when and when the americans come up you know like they bring stuff across the border and they do official forms that's all nelsonville manitoba and it doesn't even exist so i get lots of mileage out of that people want me to marry them and all kinds of stuff because there's one there's a little church there that we still use that's the only thing left at the town site so unless you know where it's all about some people aren't happy when they find out that it doesn't really exist but you know for the most part it's a pretty good joke yeah, i think so Real oh yeah good humor i don't know about the former mayor i don't know why you put that in there but you know you want to cause some controversy in nelsonville get it. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow yeah so uh, talk a little bit about uh, the low waters. It's, it's going to be a tough year drought-wise. Well, it's beyond a tough year right now. Um, right now, where we are, we're basically have the highest drought index in Canada. Wow. In southern Manitoba, right through here. So Minnewasta, it's about six and a half feet low right now. Um, the town, they closed the boat launch and they have, uh, they have a power boat ban on the lake. So... I tried to get some clarity on that, but nobody really knows. Like you need an electric motor, whatever, because the back boat launch is all blocked off too, right? With rocks, that's where the kayakers go and canoers. Mm. So at this point, you can't even have a boat on there. And it takes a lot of water to fill it up now. Like you need some big rain events, right? Because mm -hmm. um, it was like this in 2000. And by the end of the summer, the lake was 11 feet low and the whole back bay was dirt. But it, it basically drains about 50,000 acres to the west. So the next spring, it takes like, you know, once the water runs, it takes a couple of days and it fills up. Right. You know, but it has huge implications, especially with what's going on now, because all the people from around here, that's the first stop when you're going west. Like, you know, the people like Morton, Winkler, Altona, you know, you're, you're talking like there, there's a bunch of people through there, you know, 40, mm -hmm. 45,000 people. And they go west, it's Minnewasta. The next stop is Mary Jane, which is really small, before you get the Rock and Pelican. So that's just going to add a bunch more pressure to those other small lakes, Stephenfield and stuff, and our uh, rearing pond, because it, it emptied every year. It's a conservation pond uh, along the escarpment, right? So part of the watershed conservation thing. So they, they naturally drain it every year, right? Or every fall, so it's empty in the spring that gets to runoff. But well, we don't even have a rearing pond because there's about six inches of water in it because there's zero snow here. So right. our stocking program is not going to work so well this year unless we get some rain. Like we still have a month to put some fish in there, but it'll take a large amount of rain. So I, I don't know what, uh, what's going to happen. The Pemina River, I've been down there quite a bit. I mean, you can't find a place where it's above your knees, right? It's I've never seen it that low. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. do there so yeah and you know like the white mud river all the traditional place everybody goes in the spring like the red and stuff like mm. i don't know what's going to happen but it's setting up to be really not so good like what are your thoughts on that what's what's going to happen i haven't been uh 
you know, through the city or out there, but I hear it's it, not good. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a tough year, and uh, it's really unfortunate because given all the boat sales and everything else, it's uh, going to be a huge demand year. So, we'll uh, I guess we'll uh, we'll hope for rain and hope for the best. But uh, Dino, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. It's one of the e easiest interviews I've ever done. <laughs> well, you know me, I talk. No, <laughs> no doubt about that, right? Yeah, but all the information you had was uh, extremely important, and it's great to see that uh, all the different organizations and all the different volunteers are working with the young people and getting them out on the land and on the water. Uh, so, so great stuff. Well, and that's the main thing, right? Like, there's a lot of people that might be apprehensive about how do they do it, but the Wildlife Federation, like Manitoba Wildlife, go online there, uh, get a hold of me. Stuff like that. I'll help anybody out because, you know, it's about getting the kids out there and doing it because it's such a great thing. Nature, nature is awesome. Just just get them out there and do it. That, you know, that's all I can say. It's good. There's lots there's lots of help and support if you're if anybody's interested in that or their kids. You don't have to come from a hunting background, a fishing background, any of that. So that's good. Well, and I you know, appreciate you letting me do this because it helps send the message out. Right. Well, it's great, Dino. We'll uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks for coming on the show. Time, Don. Take care, buddy. Thanks for tuning in. Visit hookedmagazine.com to subscribe to the Complete Angler and never miss an episode.